welcome to Guild Wars, a podcast dedicated to unearthing the deep lore of Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2. I'm Joe Neustel, and between myself and my co-host Tony, we have over 20 years of experience with the Guild Wars franchise and still manage to know very little. So without further ado, here he is, our local Melandrew's dirty boy, <laughs> the voice in the void, and a spectacular human being. Tony Melchor. Tony, how are you doing today? Hello. I'm doing good. Doing good. How about yourself? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, having a lot of fun doing podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. Lots of shenanigans beforehand. Lots of shenanigans. I love having you over. <laughs> so, any quick hits on what you've been doing this week? Mm, rating. Rating. Me too. Rating. That's a, honestly, that's about it. I've been helping one of my friends get their first collections off the raid stuff. Getting getting through that. Well, there is uh, something pretty big coming up, or I guess not coming up. It's already here. It's the Festival of the Four Winds. Oh, yeah. I haven't done anything for that yet. I went super hard on the first day and did all of the Queen's Gauntlet. I did all of the Crown Pavilion, and I'm just sort of savoring my time in, what is it, Labyrinth Cliffs? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Labyrinth. The Zephyrite. Yeah. The Zephyrite sort of ties into what we're talking about today, but before we get to that, I wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I make promises in this show, and we do keep a production schedule that's normally ahead of schedule, so I'll say, like, our next episode coming out is mm-hmm. going to be this or that, um, and it's not because we already have an episode that's done and edited and ready to go for <laughs> uh-huh. our next one. But like when live things happen, I want to cover it and I want to do it yep. when we do it. And sometimes I get a little bit of he- ahead of myself and, you know, I drop the ball. But I like to make right on those promises. Oh, also, I bought a Colossus. That's one thing I've been doing in game. Colossus? Yeah, it's the precursor for the Juggernaut legendary gonna be building that hammer um do you have any legendaries uh, legendary weapons i guess just the shield what's it called the flame seeker prophecies do you know who wrote the flame seeker prophecies tony uh some person named uh uh lint lint it's actually gloust oh oh but gloust sheds that name later and is known as glint <laughs> <laughs> the crystal dragon <laughs> uh they're gonna be some sp- I guess there's not too many spoilers in this because pretty much we're going to cover Glint's history up until the beginning of Guild Wars 1. It's going to be quite a bit. There's a lot, and it's all pretty interesting. It's going to be great. Are you ready to get into it? Oh, yes. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. Awesome possum. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. Where do we begin with Glint? Well, Glint was a champion of the Elder Dragon Kralkatoric who has so many sharp sounds in his name that it couldn't be anything but the Crystal Dragon. Uh-huh. Crown Katoric. Just destroying the audio track by saying that. Just soften him up. Crown Katoric. Crown Katoric. So, naturally, Glint is evil at the beginning of history. Sure. <laughs> um, at least by human or mortal standards. Okay, okay. And I say that because... You know, their standards are different than ours. They're not really civilized creatures. The moral compass might be a little bit different. Yeah, I mean... they have morals. They're wild beasts, these dragons. They're wild beasts. They're the embodiment of Tyria's eldritch essence. Mm -hmm. You know, the literal concept of primal force come to life. So, 
it kind of seems a little bit messed up to be killing them, right? Yeah, I mean, just one of those things. They're, they're neither good or bad, they just are. Yeah. Unfortunately, they might kill you all if you don't kill them first, so. It sort of shares, well, they do go back to sleep. I, yeah, that's true. If you just wait it out. But I I understand where the mortal races are coming from with this, but it is sort of a moral dilemma there. Yeah. Um, it shares some parallels to the real world that we all live in. Hmm. Tony and I live in the Pacific Northwest, which is absolutely ablaze. Yeah, it's full of smoke. Yeah. Well, it's been good today, but... Yeah. <laughs> but on par, it's been smoky for half of the summer. Anyway, off of that... Uh, so yeah, it's understandable uh, that by our standards, elder dragons are evil, so we must kill them. But you know who didn't really struggle with that moral dilemma? Hmm. The Forgotten. <laughs> Would you like to join me in taking a step back for a moment to take a look at The Forgotten? Let's do it. They have an ancient origin, and I wouldn't want to uh, forget them. Who? <laughs> the Forgotten, Tony. Oh, fuck. I forgot. So, Tony, what can you tell me about the Forgotten? Uh, ancient creatures. They look pretty cool with their back pieces. Um, that's about it from most of their lore, I guess, other than they play little pieces in part through guild wars. Well, there's a They're whole... They're like their puppet strings almost. They have their puppet strings and random shit. There's a whole lot more to them than you might remember. <laughs> <laughs> There's well, first of all, I guess there's snake people. Uh, snake people. Yeah, they walk in a weird, upright fashion with their bodies sort of balancing. Like a surprisingly small portion of their bodies touches into the touches the ground. They're kind of wide up top. They have like four Goro arms, and they have a ton of magic prowess. And they've been on Tyria for a very, very long time. Uh, at least since the last drag dragon awakening, okay. uh, which was approximately 10,000 BE. So they're super ancient, akin to the dwarves that we covered last week. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I, ho I hope that was last week, right? I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Just put the episode up <laughs> two days ago. They differ from Naga. I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say Naga. That's what came to mind when I was thinking of like the slithering people. Yeah, yeah, they they differ from Naga in the fact that they're another transplanted species to Tyria. Mm. You know who put them there? The gods? The gods, the human gods. And I feel pretty bad for the Forgotten because they were sent thousands, just millennia of years ahead of time, uh, ahead of the humans, you know, genesis on Tyria, just significantly longer, and they were asked to fulfill the role of groundskeeper to cultivate the world for the humans oh what the hell yeah interesting i mean in terms of generation it's not super crazy or anything because they do tend to live over a thousand years sure so. but i mean they're being sent to cultivate the world for the humans that's pretty that's random it's been 10 Odd. generations of forgotten from then until yes. from the last dragon awakening until zero BE, which 10 generations of humans is only like half of a lifespan of a forgotten. <laughs> so it seems a little bit less messed up when you put it into perspective like that. Huh. Uh, but yeah, hmm. I'm not sure why the gods love humans so much. And 
Why do most, I mean not all, if we remember the Flame Legion spicy death bowl from episode one. Mm, the spicy death bowl, yes. Uh, but but why do most of these other races accept their status in the case of the Forgotten? Except they they just accept being flung across the mists to who knows where, you know, to clean house for some fleshy babies for like 9.3 millennia. That's a good question. They, they just kind they of... They're just like really devout to the gods maybe? Or like they, they are made from the god, Like the gods made them? Maybe there, there might need to be some like pretext there to understand. They kind of have phased them out of the story in a way. Uh, they will come back. Their legacy lives on, but they're sort of phased out. The last, well, we'll get to there. Um, but regardless of why they have accepted to do this, the Forgotten have definitely done a really amazing job cultivating the hell out of that planet. Yeah that world whatever it is uh, and in some really spellbinding ways not unlike the pact commander of current day the forgotten mounted an assault on the elder dragon zaitan side to side with an unlikely ally the mersat no shit yeah but to take back that moral dilemma from earlier they weren't powerful enough to kill the draco lich zaitan so they didn't really have an option so they had to get inventive um, it's pretty crazy to me that the Mursat and the Forgotten were collectively not powerful enough to kill that damn dragon, considering the magic marvels and secrets of the Forgotten and the raw power of the Mursat with their stupid OP health degen. And their OP as heck. Yeah. And they weren't able to take out Zaitan. Yeah, and, but the pack commander can. And, and Traherne. You know, just give give some cabbage a great sword. And you can take you can take on the world. <laughs> you can take over the world. Do you think to learn more about cabbage? Check out Guildlord Silvari. Do you think Zaitan's power sort of kind of diminished over time, or do you think it stayed the same? Perhaps he wasn't at his full strength. He hadn't eaten enough magic yet. Because we do sort of face that with Kralkatoric, he gets stronger the longer he consumes. Yeah. But. Or the commander just has luck. And pretty much the Mursat and the Forgotten only fight with magic. Yeah. So anything they throw at him, they're just feeding him, more or less. But that doesn't really uh. make sense because I killed him on an elementalist. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you kill him with cannons. That's another story. Also, spoilers for Core Guild Wars. Sorry about that. Um, so, yeah, they get really inventive. Uh, for example, there's an altar located in a raw known as the Altar of Gla- Gloust. Gloust? Gloust. 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 And it was here that they used their badass janitorial prowess to <laughs> totally fuck shit up. They cleanse the essence they cleanse the essence of Kralkatoric, his corruption. And just fucking... From his champion, Gloust. Threw some sage up, cleanse the area. And by doing this, they restore the dragon champion's free will. So... Oh, nice. They shed their name, Gloust, and proclaim themselves Glint. Okay. Glint. Nice. And the Forgotten and their new friend, Glint, along with many other races, Jotun... Um, giants, Norn, maybe? Mm. Not really sure. The Norn say so, the storytellers. The Jotun say so, but nobody was there, so... 
would have to ask the forgotten. <laughs> so they just kind of, at this point, hide and wait for the elder dragons to go back to sleep. Okay, because they can't do shit. <laughs> yeah, and they become pretty good friends. And, well, well, the forgotten find out that Glint is a prophet. And Kralkatoric used to use her as a shield, a sentinel, to guard himself from any futures that potentially held his doom. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So, Glint retained her potential. (laughs) 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 And and through the purification process, uh, I mean, through the purification process, and now was free to begin compiling her prophetic visions oh shit so while the ancient races of Tyria are riding out the dragon storm with glint they get pretty close they become friends the forgotten who once fought to free glint begin to venerate the dragon i mean obviously she's grateful right um must be she's got her free will back yeah i mean i can't imagine what succumbing to dragon corruptions like but it's probably not great and probably not fun at all and with her foresight and new respect for the quote-unquote small folk she starts putting some big plans into the works uh and is keeping their best interest in mind well that's all nice these are plans that would pretty much shape the political and physical landscapes of tyria for millennia to come damn now tony you know i love philosophy Mm-hmm. And this brings up the question in my mind, if you have this kind of power, is it truly in anybody's true best interest to exercise it? What do you think about benevolent use of prescience? And can you truly account for everything that might happen or is trying to control the future based on prediction, even a wise move? Uh, and can you trust like the tangible even if it's like tangible magic can you trust that premonition what do you think i think you i think a lot of it's attached to hope maybe like if she's if you're good you want the best possible outcome so you go for it and then maybe like narrow your view on it so you don't see all the bad shit that probably happens and you're just riding out for that goal you just you shoot the gap you shoot the gap you shoot the gap and don't look back Otherwise, I don't know. I feel like that'd be all-consuming. If you know what's going to happen, all the pain it's probably going to cause, all the ripple effects, I guess. Maybe a dragon's different with their emotions, but I don't know. But as we work our way through, think of the contingencies and safeguards that Glint applies, uh, to steal the term from Dune, the gold, her golden path. Golden path. Her golden path. And see how it kind of plays out. Keep in mind how the races do or don't reap the benefits from what she does. I mean, I think she does a pretty stellar job, but I still, it's just kind of a gray area on if it's right to exercise that much influence over everything, the world (laughs) and time. Influence plus time plus world equals... End of dragons. End of dragons. So she, we're really rolling the dice on Orin here. Damn, that's some deep shit. Yeah, I mean, it's a really high stakes game. They could have just waited this dragon awakening out too. I guess that's true. Yeah. But I mean, who knows what Clint saw? Yep. 
This is the price of prescience, my friend. The forgotten, though, are sold on the magnificence of the crystal dragon. Glint. Not Kralkatoric. <laughs> and when the elder dragons return to their slumber, they spread across the world. Tyria, Ilona, there's evidence of them existing in Cantha, far across the unending ocean. Mm. This would make sense, given the status that they were given when they were brought to Tyria as groundskeepers for the human. And if we refer back to episode two, The Origin of Humans, that's the first place that the humans were dropped off. <laughs> Ubered by the gods. Missed Uber. <laughs> Missed Uber. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, call upon the great uh <laughs> the great dwarf is now just running an uber oh god situation in there the great dwarf daddy they all park in the hall of mists <laughs> uh they yeah they spend their time helping the races rebuild after the cataclysm uh <laughs> a cataclysm of hungry magic consuming dragons and they're able to work shoulder to shoulder with most most races of course the nature of the char put the two at odds and when the Forgotten began to move through Ascalon, a little conflict had erupted, but unlike most of the races that the Fearless Kitty Cats were able to overcome with their primal savagery and warlike ways, uh, mm -hmm. the Forgotten, yeah, don't fuck with them. They've got magic. They were one of the few races who could stand up to them. Okay. Let us not forget the Forgotten who love Glint are out doing largely non-violent missionary work in the world and have a strange connection to the human gods. Picture it. The turn of the Exodus. It's the year 1 BE and the Marganite, who are more or less soldiers of the soon-to-be fallen god Abaddon, throw down some mad disrespect in the form of defacing the god's temple of Or. Oh, hell no. That's right. Oh, hell, hell no. no. <laughs> Dude, there's just a just a bunch of punk Marganites with backpacks full of spray paint. These punk kids, dude. <laughs> just spray painting, like, I don't know, what do you do? Just, like, dicks. Spray painting dicks. Just spray painting dicks <laughs> on, a, on a really nice temple. Or just, like, you suck. <laughs> just spray it on the side. Now, this fires up the peaceful snake Goros. Oh, and too. I mean, I mean, fuck, dude. What are you gonna do? Those are the people that brought you here and made you a custodian. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta throw down for your boss. You gotta throw down for your boss for your job. Um, so it fires them up. They they start flexing their forearms and they join the front lines with the human gods against the their outcast brother the god of secrets, and disputably water. <laughs> um, and their fighting ends, winds them up on the battlefield of Heaven's Gate in the Desolation, where Abaddon was ultimately cast down. So they couldn't take out Zaitan, but they fucked up Abaddon. Okay, damn. Flexing those big muscles, the forearms. Flexing those custodian muscles right they've been all that mopping dude <laughs> all that mopping that's right <laughs> all that mopping and sweeping shortly following the gods seal their magic away uh as much as they can they seal it seal it away with doric's blood check out history of the humans part two and the gods peace out so now the forgotten are a little bit uh 
they're wayward sons and daughters. They're wayward. They're wayward people. Uh, well, gods. Well, the gods are screwing everything up before giving up. They're they're just really class, just classy characters right there. You gotta love the human gods. Fuck man. They just shit on the world several times. On everybody. And then peaced. And then peaced again. And it... Come on, guys. So, Glint was hard at work. She went on a mission to scoop up all of Kralkatorik's blood that she could find. She also laid some eggs. Mm. So that she could have some little good dragons aligned to her as her champions in the battles to come. And, of course, she knows. You know, she can feel it. She's a dragon. Uh, she's just preparing for the looming return of the Elder Dragons. The Awakening. And that fated day where she will face off against her once master, Kralkatorik. Now, at the turn of the exodus, <laughs> at the turn of the exodus, <laughs> you might think that, like, Glint's getting a little bit ahead of herself uh, as the return for the dragons is roughly 1,200 years away. But in terms of Tyrian dragon lifespan, that isn't too much. Glint is older than the Shiver Peaks. Now that's old. Uh, dragons watch plate tectonics grow mountains like I watch my garden grow. <laughs> and another thing, the Forgotten glorify Glint, but they also worship the human gods. And they could not be more all over the place with their morals. By my standards, the human gods have treated the world at best like teenagers throwing a house party while their parents were out of town. <laughs> Glint seems to be like a stable, progressive, long-term ally. Has their um, shit together. Very like well-minded around the mortal races. And while, the, while, while I am concerned with the liberties Glint takes to shape the world in her vision, mm -hmm. like those aside... Uh, I believe she's obviously a better candidate for the mortal race's trust. Than the gods? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. At least at this point. For sure. For sure. Glint 2020. Glint, Glint 2020. 2024. 2024. Uh, we're going to vote Glint for president of Tyria. The golden path, baby. The golden path. Bring us home, Glint. <laughs> you know, that's not a bad campaign slogan. The golden path. The golden path. It's a little... Paul Maudib, Duke Atreides, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but it... That's not bad. It's got a nice ring to it. Alas. The stupid humans still go on following their gods, even after they suck. Naturally. And by 174 AE, the Forgotten are pushed out of many parts of the world by these asshole humans that they've been taking care of the world for. It's fucked up. For thousands of years. 10,000 years minimum. You've been cleaning after people and making sure they don't hurt themselves and then you just get shit on. That's right. Ugh, no. So, where do they go? The least habitable part of the world? The Crystal Desert. It's in the Crystal Desert, the Forgotten tend to Glint, who has her Forgotten friends guard Augury Rock in the Powers of Ascension. Augury Rock. Yeah, they're supposed to guard them from just any adventurer who's seeking out more power or anything. Uh, they're reserved for a fated hero. The one who will fulfill her magnum opus. The Flameseeker prophecies. Mm. 
And this is where we'll leave off for the week. But I wanted to say one final thing about these Forgotten and their way. And their ways before we pick up next week with the prophecy itself. Just draw your boundaries, Forgotten Snake people. Dude, for real. Have a little self-respect. You have done the world a great service and... This is how you're repaid? You spent thousands of years prepping the world for these humans, and then they push you to the least habitable portion of the desert, and your new job is to guard superpowers for who knows how long until some human hero is ready to rise to legendary status. They're the real angels of Tyria. They're just nice people. They're just nice snack people. What is going on? <laughs> you have four arms. You can bench way more than these humans. Come on. Get out there and just throw some weight around. Just fucking just go, go find a nice little home. Their legacy continues. They still do so much more. Like, we're 800 years before the beginning of Guild Wars 1. Isn't that crazy? Not even Guild Wars 1 yet. <sighs> Self-respect. The Forgotten have just been out there just legging it for thousands and thousands of years. Everyone, let's just show, show have a moment of silence for our for our brothers. Just kidding. I'm going to truncate all these silences and they're going to be gone. <laughs> we'll have a moment of just, let's show some joy. That's what they'd want us to do. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fuck it. Let's just be dicks to our friends who helped us, right? That's what humans do. Yeah. That's the way. This is the way. This is the way, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, forgotten. You're forgotten, but not forgotten. Who? <laughs> Damn it, Tony. We've been over this, and we'll go over this again. I forgot. Well, next week, we are going to be doing the Flame Seeker Prophecies, mm -hmm. and I have my mind right. We uh, That will actually be coming out next week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and after that, we will get back to Glint and the Forgotten and their legacy that we still see today in Guild Wars 2. The Golden Path, baby. The Golden Path is coming to fruition God damn it. The Golden Path is coming to stores near you. <laughs> the Golden Path, you can buy it for a low, low, low price of 29, three easy payments of $29.99. <laughs> or your money back. The Golden Path. The Golden Path. All right. So, Tony. Yes. Would you like to hit us with some new player advice? I do have one, if you'd like. This is, this is the Joe, this is the Joe special. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to go with that one. It's very simple. It's very simple. And it's very good advice. It's very, very good advice. My advice to any new players out there that are getting into the game, play at your own pace. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all this... At least I get this feeling when I jump into a game to just rush it. I want to get to max level as fast as possible. I did it at launch in a week, which back then was pretty, pretty insane. I, like, manipulated the last 10 levels with crafting and i just wanted to be done as fast as possible mm -hmm. and there's no need for that i shortchanged myself on the leveling experience and the beauty of the game i wasn't looking at my skills and don't make that same mistake if you feel that anxiety that nervousness and that stress to get it done if that makes you happy great yeah. but if yeah. it's tarnishing your gameplay experience and you just feel the pressure. Yeah, giving you negative thoughts. Just do Guild your Wars. thing. Take your time with it. It's okay. End game will always be there. Mm -hmm. This goes for not even new players anymore, really. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. 
Like, if you're worried about it, don't... Just don't worry about it. Enjoy, kick back, relax. The game is beautiful. Take your time to smell the roses. And it's gonna be there. And it's gonna be there. It's not going anywhere. That's right. Just relax. I spent, like, a whole week running around just listening to NPCs for our game NPC or map chat. <laughs> and it was great. That's when I came up with this one. I was like, I've never noticed how many ambient... There's so much. There's so much in Guild Wars 2 that you don't notice. So many little things. They do a great job of packing a lot of great things in. When a lot of great things, a lot. (laughs) There's no dwarves left. There's nothing great anymore. That we think. That we know of. That's right. They're Mm. all really far underground. True. Or something like that. They're just near the core. Anyway, Tony, any final reflections on our vision we've just had? Super cool. Super freaking cool lore. You heard it here, folks. Super cool. Glint is super cool. <laughs> Glint is super cool. Please vote 2024. The golden path. The, go- the golden path. Baby. <laughs> All right. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, at Lore's Guild. Been pretty active on there. Uh, Instagram, at Guild Lore's Podcast. Email us at Podcast at gmail.com. You've been killing the socials for sure. I've been killing something. <laughs> um, in game, I've been killing raid bosses. Hey, look yeah, at that. got Joe to finally join on some raid bosses. And, and if I think you, he's getting it. if you want to raid with us, you can contact us in game. Mm-hmm. Tony, how do we get in touch with you? At cartoonlink dot sixty one eighty. That's right, and you can get in touch with me at Trogdor Mama T R O G D O R M A M A dot four nine zero three we have our guild we don't know our lore if you want to join up hang out that's cool yeah send us a mail we'll invite yeah other than that thank you all for listening yeah and we'll see you interior thank you everyone we will see you on the golden path we'll see you on the golden path